Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to My Millennial Property with John Pigeon, And I've got a guest today that's got a really interesting story. A story that's going to, I'm sure, inspire a lot of females out there, but not only females, but anyone out there thinking what is possible in the current climate, given that this lady has an amazing story because Peter's going to be talking about his mum and, uh, and the story of hardship but also creating an amazing amount of wealth through an amazing work ethic and also the ability just to take action. So looking forward to having a chat with Pete. Let's get into it. So Pete, I met you through a course I'm running at the moment called Train the Trainer. So training up uh, anyone who's wanting to become a property coach or buyer's agent. Um, and through that journey, I suppose you've, um, you may mention that uh, your property portfolio or property journey was, was inspired by your mother, or your late mother. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah. Um, so, I'm you're trying to, to increase my knowledge and, and, and be a better investor all around. But uh, that really, the genesis of it really came from um, watching mum uh, as I grew up and uh, just seeing the things that she did, and, and it, it wasn't wasn't specifics that she gave me, but just seeing how she uh, worked her life and to be a, a comfortable and independent person and, and woman. I think, um, as, as you mentioned, she uh, has passed away, and it was really uh, looking back at her life as, as she grew up. Um, she was born in the in the forties and and grew up in in some somewhat of a, a turbulent time for for women um, and how she developed herself and um, financially and be, became quite independent and uh, inspired myself and probably a lot of others hopefully through this podcast on how she be, she did well for herself. I, I don't want to downplay mum too much, but you know I think it, it, you know it, it is she's not a. She's not a Gina Reinhardt and she's not um, someone that's created this mega empire, but I think it's just a, a good story on um, sticking to those fundamental uh, basics and, and principles and that even as a, a, a single female in those times back in the you know, 60s, 70s and, and 80s, um, that she was able to achieve a lot herself and, and have her own independent financial freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, the, the thing that I suppose I gain inspiration from is the fact that she raised you as a single parent, which is uh, an extremely hard thing to do. And anyone out there who's a single parent can appreciate that. But um, the, the ability to just to make ends meet is one thing. Uh, but then to go and uh, educate herself and take action through in investments, whether that have been property and shares, and we'll get onto that soon. Mm. But it, it uh, must have been extremely inspiring for you. It was. It was probably something you don't 
see as a as a child. Any any child doesn't probably really have is too cognizant of their their situation. But really, growing up and then becoming an adult and uh, into my working life, and then and since she has passed as well, that you can really um, appreciate the the great things that she did. And that are achievable, and then um, the lessons that I've uh, had taken away, and I probably didn't realise I'd learnt those lessons until looking back and seeing what she's done, and going, oh well, I'm I'm doing that just not through direct uh, teaching, but just from the inspirations that she's she's given me over the years. And there were a few direct um, teachings that she's she's given me. I can get onto that later, but certainly the ethos that she's had. Um, uh, throughout my life, so it has has really inspired me to to become quite financially independent and be uh, happy with where I'm at in my my investing journey. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's go back to the start for her, um, and obviously we're talking through third person. But she went to a, a Catholic school, uh, and you mentioned that a nun inspired her independence. Can you talk to us more about that? Because it's all about who you're surrounded by, and and you mentioned Pete that you're your knowledge has, has organically arisen because you've just been around her, not specifically asking questions, but just seeing the way she carries herself and and uh, and through her actions. And so, w- was that the case for her in this uh, in the school environment? I think I think it definitely was. So yeah, to take it back, she was born uh, in the '40s, so she's a, one of the baby boomers in that generation. And she always talked about yeah. when she was at um, high school. She went to a, a Catholic girls' school here in Brisbane, and she spoke specifically about a nun that um, talked to her about independence, and that she specifically said so how this nun taught me that you don't need a husband to be successful, and you don't need um, uh, to be uh, independent by having being married and and have a husband and and I think in that time especially for even a nun to say that was was quite ahead of that time and it's it's something that she definitely uh, took away and lived her life by because um, she was definitely fiercely independent and always wanted to be that way both financially so it it and this was where she, how she was so good at it and, and her inspiration to be independent was that she didn't want to have to rely on any other, whether it be a, a husband or a man or another partner or, or the government even. So she um, never wanted to be one to take uh, handouts unnecessarily. So, uh, and that, and um, growing up to be, and wanted to be a mum, she, uh, that was one of the things that was really important for her. Um, so yeah, she moved on. I can even um, became a teacher early on, um, and one of the things she, she was um, quite notable for is saving her money. You know, even as a teacher uh, early on, you don't make a ton of money. Um, but what she did, she uh, moved remotely and uh, was able to take advantage of um, housing for for teachers, and um, was able to save her money really well. And that's one of the things that she was good for is being quite frugal and, and saving. She would tell me how she would uh, cash in bottles to, for the money to get on the bus to get to work every day. And I'm like, oh, well, that sounds a bit, a bit extreme. Huh? But it, it was because she was saving um, for her first investment and getting that deposit together to actually start her investment journey. So I always look back at that and go, oh, wow, that's, <laughs> that was... That was um, for some, uh, for a young female to to think that way in that times is 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 pretty pretty good that you know she had that goal and and she knew how to get there and she was doing whatever it took 
by cashing in bottles and I'm sure she was eating cheap meals and, and not living the lavish lifestyle. She was living well under her means, um, which is, goes back to one of those sound financial principles. And she was able to save uh, for her first uh, home deposit. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things I want to unpack there. Firstly, mm. the fact that the the I don't want to harp on the nun inspiring her for independence, mm. but that in those times that that's that's as you said so far removed from what was actually happening at that time. Like I, even I grew up um, in in the late '70s, early '80s, uh, where my mum was so reliant on my dad. To bring in income and and uh, and be the, the the figure in the house and and that was not just the, um, for us that was the norm uh, with with me growing up so I can only imagine how out of the box that was back in the forties fifties sixties um, so that that's the first part of it and then the second is you mentioned about the financial principles of well yeah okay I'm I'm saving my money to go and buy my first investment but to to go to the nth degree of of cashing in bottles just to get on the bus knowing that she probably had the money without having to cash in the bottles but she decided that she wanted to save quicker. Uh, how powerful is that in in her uh, mind um, to to drive her to get that goal sooner? Like uh, again, where that inspiration and and knowledge has come from um, is, uh, is is mind boggling. Yeah, it, it's really. Good. I mean, certainly we hear stories of that. Um, uh, I know my wife's parents did everything they could to um, save for their homes and that sort of stuff. So I don't, I don't know if it was a sign of the times, but I think what is what is really good and what I'm proud of her is that um, she was doing it by herself and independently as a young young woman. You know, and, uh, she she did go on to buy her first home. It was down the Gold Coast. It was in uh, Burley, and uh, it was a um, probably a standard house for that that sort of day. And um, and as a young single one, she was quite proud to tell me how when she went to get her first home loan, uh, the, she had to um, do a fair bit of work. I mean, it's a fair bit of work nowadays to, to get, your, get a loan, especially if you're a single person. But then um, you remember this is the early 70s that you're uh, a young uh, woman, no husband, and you're, you're a teacher, so you're not on a super high income that... Um, so how she's convinced a, a bank to to lend her enough money to buy her home, and that for her to be that committed and have um, that intent to to do that, even though she was she was definitely had a a, a lot of setbacks, and then she was quite proud uh, in telling the story of how the the bank manager who gave her her first loan, got in quite a bit of trouble from his boss uh, for giving a young unwed woman a, a loan. And, you, and I remember telling the story quite uh, uh, when I was young, going, oh, whatever, you know, but it's one of those things you look back and go, yeah, it, it really is. Even even today, you know, it's um, it's one of those things that, that, that can, for, for women, be a hurdle. But put it into that time context on, on when that was, that was quite the extraordinary thing. But what what that did for her, getting that loan and, and that bank manager uh, rightfully uh, giving it to her, um, giving her that loan, she uh, was able to progress her investment journey and um, and achieve that uh, or start achieving that goals of her financial independence and not be reliant on anyone or any organisation. So, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, amazing stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was only talking to to someone last week who uh, was recently divorced, and she she'd built a portfolio over the journey, and uh, and how she's actually now going and looking and buying a next investment, but she was treated very differently by the agents, um, knowing that she was a single woman. And, and that just really disappoints me and amazes me that, uh, uh, like back in the sixties and seventies, yeah, I, I, I get it. Um, that was, that was the way, but now we're, we're in 2020s and, and all of that stuff should be way out the window. And, uh, it, I, I can't, can only imagine how tough it would have been back then, but also the external pressure from others to, um, for for who were probably not doing what she was doing, and then that's sometimes the risk you take when you when you go and have uh, have set yourself a goal and have some vision, is that you are going to to cop um, your knocks along the way, aren't you? Yeah, you're right, and I, I'm not really aware of those sorts of um, uh, local pressures that she had, whether from work colleagues or, or friends. Um, um, she did, never spoke about that specifically, but you know, um, she surrounded herself with other like-minded people. Um, she she didn't certainly didn't come from a family that was high wealth or, or in, uh, doing that sort of stuff. So I, I really um, not really sure how she got the inspiration to to work that way. But um, I know that in uh, once she did make her first property um, purchase she went and uh, she obviously got some sort of bug for the for the finance and um, for, for that that uh, um, improving herself and she went and got a uh, continued her education so she she went and did a uh, finance or an arts degree and, and majored in uh, uh, accounting and economics I think it was um, so she really improved on that uh, investing in yourself principle that, that we always, uh, that you talk about on the show and we, we've definitely spoke about um, ourselves. Um, and, and that's really, you can really see that once she had that house and then she started investing in herself, that she started making other really sound financial decisions. So um, I look back at some of the shares that she bought back then and, and you're like, holy smokes, like how, how did you how did you know to buy, you know, in, in these sorts of companies? Like, um you know, she, she was buying a lot of the yeah, the, the floats for. Um, well, she bought in CBA and she bought that was in the nineties. But um, uh, you know, your Rios and your BHPs and those sorts of uh, big companies early on. And oh, I think about how. I mean, how did someone that's a teacher, uh, you know, uh, a little little lady by herself, work out that these these companies are the way to go? And 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 it's nothing crazy. It's more that you know she she was sick in those those sound principles and that she was buying blue chip quality assets that um, would grow over time, that would pay dividends and would um, uh, and not fall in price. She wasn't buying speculative things. She wasn't um, being silly with her money, but she certainly was um, would go out there and, and wisely invest her money. And I, and I always think back, like it's not like, it's not like today where you can buy some shares sitting you know, in bed or on the toilet, you know, you can, you can start your investing journey. <laughs> but you, you'd have to find a broker, ring them up, transfer the cash, write a bloody check and, and those sorts of things that, that, that you've got to really invest some time and thought into it. And she did that and made those wise decisions early on. Um, Mm, totally, yeah, and that that was a point that I was going to make is is that the the lack of technology back when she was doing all this, yeah. um, especially for for shares and and especially for trying to identify um, 
hotspots around the country to buy property and and uh, the research of the growth in the areas and, and uh, vacancy rates and all those fundamentals that we know inside and out that we can get at the click of a button today just uh, w- wasn't there back then. So extremely courageous. But again, it points back to how much she self-educated and, uh, and, and obviously surrounded herself with the right people to, to knock down doors and, and get the job done. So look, we're going to take a break and after the break, we're going to come back and, and go deeper into her investment portfolio and then the key takeaways from her to you as to uh, what's made um, your investment journey success. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, so we're back. Pete, tell me more about her portfolio. And, and you mentioned she bought a property in the Gold Coast. She's, she's bought some blue chip um, shares and, and she's well on the way. Tell me how she moved on from there. Yeah, so that Gold Coast house, I believe, she, that was her principal place of residence and she bounced from other houses over the next oh, 30, I'd say, maybe 40 years um, as her principal place and, and, and steadily upgrading uh, that principal place and she was always buying in um, good asset growth areas in those um, blue chip areas in Brisbane. Um, she then also bought a investment property. She always only had one. Uh, they were either um, sold uh, and then bought another one or, or something like that. So she always had one uh, rental income. That was generally a unit for her. Uh, and they were they were also in, in really good Locations, and you know, we talked about before the break how um, you know you, you don't have access to those that, that property data and, and, and vacancy rates and, and, and growth areas. But you know, it just goes down to buying quality, and that's what she did, and was able to assess. Go, oh, that, that's a that's a good suburb for these reasons, and was was able to um, invest that way, and that's why she's she was successful. It wasn't you know analysing all the little bits of data and, and this sort of stuff. It was like, oh, I, I get a, a a good yield, and that's going to have good growth, and and that's just what happened. She and by playing the long game, she was able to be successful that way. So. Yeah, we we had always lived in our own home. She uh, 
was quite uh, adamant of that. We had a, um, a comfortable home growing up. Uh, I was born in the 80s, by the way, so um, and growing up with her it was was fine. It was it was you, you don't know any different when you're, you're a young person. But I can now see the 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 struggles that she would have had to go through. She was a single income, uh, living in a house that um, most would have either a, a dual income or um, have a stay-at-home uh, mother in those those sorts of days. Um, so it, she did really well, um, you know, funding my um, upbringing, and, and, I, and and it was she was successful in the fact that I never went without. Um, you know, we weren't taking first-class holidays overseas or anything, but we, you know, we, we lived a comfortable life. If I needed a sports uniform, she was able to to buy it. Uh, if um, you know, wanted to go on camp, that she was able to, to pay for it. So and that's and that's a really good marker of success. Um, I, I think you know we can get carried away sometimes that going on a marker of success is is driving a, a brand new Range Rover and a and and being being a, I mean, business class. But it, it was a marker of success for her that. You know that she was able to do these things and provide uh, a life for for me and for her as well um, on her own. So she did really well that way. Yeah. Okay. So you're the only child, obviously um, single parent. Uh, it sounds as though she continued to upgrade her principal place of residence um, to the point where, when you were being raised, she would have had very little uh, owner occupier debt. And had investments in shares, and had the one investment property that was that was yielding quite well. Is that that fair to say? Yeah, correct. Yeah, there was there was upgrades along the way, uh, and one particular in the in the nineties where she built our own home uh, in a in a good suburb as well. Um, so that would that would have been quite extraordinary to 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 fund and cat with with a, I think it was quite a lot of cash that she put it in herself to build a was a three bedroom home in the two-story thing and pretty close to the CBD. So that, you know, this would have been worth quite a bit now, but she uh, eventually sold on to, to live where she wanted, um, especially after I left home. She uh, was able to make those um, choices and, and move comfortably where, where she wanted to live, really. Yeah. Yeah. So she uh, her investing early days enabled her to have choices at the back end of her life um, and and obviously passed that sort of inspiration on to you. Is there anything specific that she made you aware of before you started your own investment journey? Um, there are a few things. Um, like we, she, when I, I remember being a teenager buying uh, some shares and she was like, oh, you know, we're going to buy some shares. And I'm like, oh, well, big deal. I was never really interested in that sort of world. I'm like, okay, let's let's buy some shares. She goes, oh, you got this pocket money, so you're going to use this and to buy that. And I went, Okay, what's the share? Why am I why am I doing this? But okay, and then she goes, yeah, you hold them forever. And I'm like, oh, okay, and I have, and they're, they're <laughs> worth quite a quite a bit of money now, and it, it, it was quite extraordinary. And you sort of it probably it was probably she was probably playing a long game with me too, going, hey, in, in twenty years' time, you'll look back and go, oh, wow, look how those shares grew because you, you invested early and um, reinvested your dividends and um, and did well that way. Um, when I you're waking grew, up in 2027 saying thanks, mum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. But the, and then there was then there was other quite uh, other direct things. Like I remember when I started working full time, and she uh, and I still wasn't really switched on financially like uh, I feel I am now. Um, she goes right. Are you saving for a home? And I think I was I was 21. And I'm like, 
what do you, what do I want at home? You know, like you know, what, <laughs> I'm partying, mum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like I was working full time, earning, earning, you know, you know, been working at you know, <laughs> McDonald's and those sorts of silly places, and um, saving money all the time. But then go, you're going to buy a, a property, and I, okay, I guess. Like, it, I guess that sounds like a reasonable idea. Wouldn't have thought of it otherwise. And then, and then uh, uh, she took me to open homes and um, uh, helped me with, you know, oh, this is who you talk to. Or you talk to this uh, bank or this, this broker and uh, oh, you need insurance. And, and, and actually stepped me through what it, what it took to buy my first property. And, and I did that quite young. And once I started doing that and I stepped through it and sat back and went, oh, wow, look, you know, and, and she made it quite clear, this is the asset that you now have and this is the income you can get from it. And I went, oh, yeah, right, wow. And it says, here's, here's something that, I've put just some money into a bit of effort, and now it's producing me um, cash every week. I was getting uh, a rent from it, and because I wasn't, I wasn't living in. I was rent vesting, and um, and I was like, oh, this is extraordinary. And then, and then the price went up um, pretty pretty quickly over the next few years, and go, well, well how, how you know, how does this happen? So what, it was it, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were there were direct influences on me definitely through so her going, hey. Go do this, and and she taught me how to do it. One one of the other things that's probably outside the norm is she um, she get like I said she got an accounting degree through her arts, and she was um, able to do her taxes, and the, and um, she do my taxes as well, and would sit through it every. She made me sit down every year and do my taxes, and you know when we came to had you know, a house, a, a rental investment, made it a lot more difficult to do your taxes, as you know, and. I'd sit down, you know, I'll be in my early 20s, go, oh, I don't want to sit down and do my taxes with you. But what it eventually <laughs> did, and I'd, I'd encourage anyone to have a go do your own taxes, but then go get it checked by a professional. Yeah. Um, but yes, it, it's, yes. it switched me on to go on how taxes work and how, why we take, make this choice um, when you're buying a property or buying this investment or when you, when you sell and that sort of stuff. And it made me uh, eventually quite aware of what the tax implications are, which is a really important thing when you're investing is knowing um, you, don't, you don't want to give too much money to the bloody government, but you, you just have to, you want to pay your fair <laughs> share. And that's, what, that's one of the, the direct things that she, she gave to me is going, hey, this is how your your tax works and so you can actually be aware of it up it sounds as though you've had one of the best mentors available um, to anyone out there uh, growing up in the 80s and 90s without having to pay for it um yeah, <laughs> so absolutely you had so, her yeah. on a daily basis yeah and, and seeing that yeah, see, i think uh, my wife probably doesn't like the frugalness that i probably possess um because of her um you know um not wanted to <laughs> buy flashy things uh, is, is directly because of her and she probably <laughs> dislikes that. Um, but yeah, so yeah. It, so I think, you know, going back to what I said at the start, that she was, it, it was a great inspiration, I think. And, you know, we're talking about, um, and, and I, I always said there's two blokes talking about how good um, uh, females can be and, and, and um, but, but re- really it's because for me, like it, it was, um, it was a great inspiration, especially for, for my, my daughter that I raised, um, to, to be an independent and a, uh, a strong, uh, smart woman like she was. Um, you know, she really, I read a lot of, you know, like Glenn's stuff um, and, you know, there's plenty of other 
financial books, and they and they all effectively bore down to the the same sort of stuff as you know live live within your means, uh, save your money and invest it, um, be be charitable and um, play the long long term game, and that's that's really what she she was. You know she she bought wisely. She did a did it tough early and lived well below her means, so she could invest, and and that gave her. Uh, a lot of freedom, especially into the '90s with me, and and never had to. And she, I'm, I'm sure she worried about money, but she never um, had really had a drama with it, you know. Um, and she, you know, it. it and then we, I'll talk about the towards the end of her life, you know. So she, it did give her the financial freedom um, to do um, what she wanted and be where she needed to be. But I always feel that. Um, the the money that she had she she could have used it better into her uh, older life and I think um, um, you know her her investment journey was great she made a lot of money um, and she could live very comfortably and uh, she probably really into the last ten years of her life um, probably kept living too frugally and and it's a it's a lesson to me that you know she she amassed all this wealth and what was what was the point. You know, um, it's not to cash in milk bottles when you're you're 65. It's to to live a comfortable life and and start drawing down your assets and and go on nice holidays. And if you want a nice, a new car, then then you, you've done that for yourself. You know, you, you can do that and you owe it to yourself. Um, you know, I think uh, what would make me happy is, would have been to see her dwindle the her money down to zero dollars by the time she died, and and that would have made me. Very happy. Like um, what she's given me before she died with, uh, with the knowledge made me independent. I don't need any inheritance. And um, hopefully, you know, as I grow, I can um, instill those financial principles to my children and um, dwindle my their inheritance down to nothing and, and live a really comfortable life into my <laughs> later years. And, that, and, and so that, that, was, uh, that was probably one of the things I always um, uh, quite sad that she wasn't able to do that. Um, but, it, you know, there were, there were other external factors. Like she ended up with, um, she had Parkinson's and that ended up with uh, dementia and she was in a, a dementia ward for her, the last um, last portion of her life. And, and that was really sad. Um, but, you know, I mean, talking finance, that's what we're here. Like that, she had enough money um, and had set herself up with uh, enduring powers of attorney uh, with me and um, all, all the, um, those those really basic things that came into it for that I was able to uh, care for her and she had the finances to be put in a uh, be in a comfortable uh, place uh, in, in those, uh, that dementia hospital for her so we, we didn't have mm. to um, you know scrounge around for, for what we could get we could uh, she, I could be choosy for her and um, um, for once actually use her money. Um, to make her, her life comfortable uh, into those later years. So, um, and, and we did that. And then, um, yeah, unfortunately, she passed away uh, uh, last year. Um, and, and uh, yeah, and, and it's one of those things. That How we, old was she, Pete? Uh, she was 74. Uh, and 74, yeah. Battle of dementia for probably, probably a good four years, for those last, um, last part of her life. So, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I just love talking about this stuff and, and we do have a lot of guests on, I suppose, that inspire others that are in their 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. But to have someone on uh, 
talking about their their mother, previous generation that was uh, that had a story to tell in the sixties, seventies, eighties. I just think is uh, is fantastic. Knowing that you don't need technology to to create wealth in your life, um, she's she was proof of that. Uh, but but coming back to those common principles that we we hammer home every day, right? Educate yourself, buy solid investments, be charitable, um, set yourself up for for later on in life, but enjoy life. And I suppose when you mentioned that, unfortunately, she wouldn't enjoy her money, uh, I'd love to ask the question to her, well, were you living life on your own terms? Like were you, maybe she didn't want to spend any more than she had and what she was spending then was living on her own terms. Was that possible or did she come out and say later life that she, she wished she enjoyed it more? No, I think um, dementia is a funny thing, uh, John, because you know you don't really have that self-awareness, um, and and it's not and you know I, I say it was for four years, but you know dementia really takes a takes a long term. And hers was a Parkinson's-based dementia, so uh, she she was never probably cognizant of that. Um, and yeah, I, I think there were certain things that she could have done, uh, as in uh, you know go get taxi somewhere which she she wouldn't she would refuse to do because she oh it's too expensive we go oh, well, you know you've got the funds to do that so and that's probably that's probably where it was she she um it would have enabled her to do things that she actually did enjoy but she um uh and, and it's, it's probably part of the uh, or was a lot of part of the her, her dementia but um you know she it, it it frustrated me to no end to see that she had the the means to do it and the financial means to do it, but just not the the um, ability to let go of those funds and and, and pay okay. for services and and pay for nice things and new clothes and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, sure, okay, yeah. So that that's a lesson that you've learned as a, a positive for you, but maybe it was a negative for her that that you can Im- apply to your life and then your your children's life. And and you've just recently um, celebrated the uh, a birth, so congratulations. Yep, um, so to be be able to inspire others is is what we're here to do right so um I, I think that's that's fantastic um but yeah you take you take the every learning experience and apply it in, in your way in a positive manner and uh, i think you're doing that at the moment so yeah that's fantastic pete so um look we're going to round it out there but thank you so much for for sharing your mum's story uh on on her journey uh it was a successful one um, and and then how what what that's taught you and inspired you to do and uh, and and as I said at the start of the this show it's not about just inspiring single females out there listening it's about inspiring anyone to to of course take action but really get that self-education that's the biggest thing that I've taken out of this today was to to really hone in on that self-education you don't need to go and do a double degree in commerce and accounting but uh, um, you, you you definitely want to continue to to improve your knowledge base to be able to take action and, and get better results than than most absolutely and it's and I, I, like I said at the start it's not about um, a story on how she's built a, a billion-dollar empire. Uh, she's not Gina Reinhart, um, but it's just it's it's everyday success, and I think we need to acknowledge that uh, and, and definitely acknowledge it in in ourselves out there. Like anyone that is early in their investment journey, to go, well, look, I am being successful. Or look, I've saved this amount of money, and I've done really well here, and uh, and and to celebrate that. Like we, you know, we we always look at the 
look at the neighbors and see the grass is a bit greener, but we can look at ourselves and say how, yeah. how successful you are in your circumstances and celebrate that. And that's one of the, the real takeaways I've had from her as well. Yeah, comparisons are thief of joy, isn't it? So, yeah, very good, Pete. Well, um, appreciate you uh, you coming on today and sharing that story. Uh, you said at the start, I'm not sure I can deliver 30 minutes worth, and it's gone well over that. So, uh, right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's obviously a, a lot of history there to to go through, and um, wish you well on your journey. Uh, everyone else, thank you for tuning in. As always, appreciate your your questions and comments in our Facebook group. If you're not in there, um, click on through if you need to contact us through anything just uh, send us a a, a personal message to John or Emily Um, and until next time we'll uh, chat soon We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And if you're a first home buyer, I have the course just for you. Everything from pre-approval all the way through into your settlement and everything in between. How to place an offer, how to bid at auction, what to even look for at an open home and what questions to ask the agents. It's all covered in my online course. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.